Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. Everybody when they go to Starbucks usually has their go-to drink. They know what they want, they know what they like, even if it's highly, highly customized, um, they usually get the same thing every time. I'm a little bit different. I have maybe three or four different drinks that I mix it up depending on the mood, depending on how much caffeine I like. Do I go full on cold brew, no ice, just straight up, or maybe a nice latte, a little cinnamon sprinkle. Um, I also like Americanos and I, I favor the non-sweet drinks if you haven't gathered that because I just love the taste of coffee. Um, my husband and I though, so that's, you know, coffee decisions are big ones. Um, but then my husband and I also play the game that I'm sure a lot of people and families play where, what do you want to eat for dinner tonight? I don't know. What do you want to eat for dinner tonight? Or where do you want to go tonight? Where do you want to go? I don't know. Nothing sounds good. Well, nothing sounds good to me. We'll just pick. We'll just choose. Oh my gosh. It's like this relentless, um, conversation that goes on for 20 minutes, just trying to pick a restaurant to eat dinner in. And then when someone says, Oh, I don't care. You pick. And then you pick and they go, Oh no, I don't want that. Well, see, then you do care. Oh my gosh, round in circles we go, right? So every day we have decisions in our lives, whether it's the coffee drink that we are deciding to to choose or the restaurant that we're deciding to choose. But these are all choices that are in our control, ultimately. Even if you're with your family or other people, it's still in your control what you eat, what you decide to go and do. But sometimes in life, in fact, a lot of times in life, we're faced with tough decisions that are thrust upon us that we don't expect. And this can be in many forms and many aspects of our life. I, COVID's a great example. That was something out of our control and it was thrust upon us to make decisions um, around, do you send your kids to school, do you not? Do you, what do you do? How, what choice? A lot of people thought that they didn't have choices in those moments about to work or not work or, you know, what goes on. And, and I know that some people felt like they didn't have choice when they were furloughed or, for, or when they were laid off. And those were literally choices and decisions thrust upon them that they then had to make a decision of what to do next in those, in those moments. And I know that those are hard and scary and frustrating. And that is just actually what I wanted to talk a little bit about today is because I know that that keeps happening um, in companies and organizations and schools and families all over. It's just one thing after the other. And I think as we see things sort of, quote unquote, coming back to some semblance of, quote unquote, normalcy, whatever those words mean, I feel like those are super loaded. And I think I've shared in a podcast before what is normal. And by the way, let's not go back because let's go forward and let's do new and let's use this as an opportunity to change and pivot the way that we work and that we do everything, do life in general. Um, I don't like the kind of, let's go back. We're going back. Yay. It's exciting to go back. No, it's never exciting to go back. Stop saying those terrible words. <laughs> I just get really, sorry, hit a hot button clearly because I'm on my soapbox. 
um, stop saying the words, let's go back. And that's in a positive light because it's not. It's we're going to go, let's go forward. Let's move forward. Let's do things differently. Anyway, total rabbit trail I did not plan, but there you go. Um, anything can happen on leaderships. So when you are faced with, with decisions and thrust upon you, and sometimes it is about where, you, where you're working, maybe a relocation, um, or your job was this t- today and now it's going to be that tomorrow, and you have a choice. Do you want to do the job or not do the job? Or, you know, there's just a myriad. I could go on and on. Um, and the reality is life is a series of choices. And I think that where we really lose our our path and our, our mojo, if you will, is assuming that we don't have a choice. That when someone or a company or people come to you and say, this has changed and it's going to impact your life, we assume we don't have a choice. So then we relinquish the choices out of my hands. I don't have a choice. And then I think that's where the stress comes from. I think that's where the negativity comes from. I think that's where the anger comes from, the fear comes from, and all those things come from. And while I completely understand all of that, because to me that is a natural human reaction to something you did not expect that is adversely, in your opinion, going to change your life and not what you wanted or expected – Um, I I do. I understand all of that. But you still have a choice. You still have a choice to make. You can either go with it or not go with it. I think, though, what if we look at choices differently, even the ones that are thrust upon us that are unexpected unplanned? What if we look at them as there's all it's always a positive possibility, uh, positability, if you will. Okay, work with me here. So a choice means you have an opportunity to make a decision that will enact change in your life. And then what does change mean? I'm just going to pause there for a minute. What does change mean to you? When you hear the word change, what is the first feeling that comes into your mind? What is the first thought? What does it feel like in your body? What does it feel like in your heart, and your head? Does it feel like fear? Does it feel scary? Does it feel like, no, 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 thank you, abort, abort, run, (laughs) run away from whatever that is? Or when you hear change, does it feel positive? Does it feel like change means growth? Change means learning. Change means experience. Change means moving forward, not backward. I think we get so caught up in the fear of what if, and what if that change doesn't work out? What if that path is the wrong one? What if that, you know, makes things, what if I'm miserable? What if it makes my family miserable? What if it makes my significant other miserable? There's all kinds of what ifs, what if, what if. We what if ourselves into a spiral of anxiety. And all we're doing is we're trying to get a magic eight ball and predict the future. And the reality is we can't do that. We can contingency plan. We can try to imagine every possible scenario but what good does that do because you're literally creating stories in your own head of what could happen and you don't even have any evidence of that being a real possibility because and people are like oh no that's how you contingency plan that's how you plan for the worst and hope for the best and it's like yeah but your planning is single-minded you're planning based on your own filters your own knowledge your own experience your own bias And yeah, those yucky little things that creep in there, emotions that also blur 
um, your planning and blur your decision making. You cannot possibly take into consideration other people's actions around you, the environment around you, a business you might work for's decisions. You can't possibly imagine every possible scenario. It's literally just not possible. So why do we spin ourselves up on freaking out, anxiety, having all those feelings about things that may or may not even happen? I know this is so easier said than done as a person who suffers from anxiety and who is like the queen of this, you know, spiral thinking and have worked really, really hard for a lot of years to really try to tame my thoughts and my stinking thinking around, you know, the war in your mind of your own thoughts. Um, I know it's not easy. That's why I'm talking about it is because just even recently, you know, I've been seeing it so prevalent in so many people around me of we're getting caught up so much into that fear and those what ifs that the anxiety is actually keeping us in our comfort zones because it feels better, because it feels safer, because it feels not as hard. And notice I said feels very intentionally a few different times. Feelings are not truth. Feelings are not facts. Thoughts spur your feelings. So what you're thinking is what is creating feelings. And it's the feelings that tend to not be trusted. So if you're having a negative thought in your head, or if you're having an anxious thought or a fearful thought, then you are going to feel sick to your stomach. You are going to feel angry, scared, irrational, all those things. And And then people start to take those feelings and react And I've seen a lot of behavior lately that is not constructive reactions. And I think sometimes as a society, lately we're like, oh, let them feel, let them feel, let them get the feelings out. Feel it all. It's okay. Your feelings aren't wrong. And I don't disagree that your feelings need to be expressed, but they also need to be expressed in healthy ways. And there's a better way. There's a better way than... It's okay that people are spouting off on the internet and stirring crap up. Does that really help or hurt or hinder anybody or go off on somebody? Well, that's how I feel. I'm just being my authentic self. I'm not saying keep your opinions to yourself. What I'm suggesting is get your thoughts in order first and then regulate your feelings as a result. I think it's extremely important And I think society has let the feeling part lead and they've just gone with what immediately is in their initial thoughts and feelings instead of actually taking a step back going, do I have evidence for that thought? Is that thought true? Is that thought, where's that thought coming from? Is that thought serving me? And I think that's so critical and we need to reframe those thoughts and reframe those, those types of thinking and those will help our feelings to stay in check. You know, going back to just thinking about the decisions that are thrust upon you, the things that come into your life when you're faced with them, the reality is you can't grow and stay in the same place. And you can't grow if you don't change. And you can't grow if you don't have courage to take leaps of faith into those those change opportunities. I just think it's so important that we need to remember that You know, what if we think about it this way? All right, I'm going to get into some sips now. Sip number one, what if there's no such thing as a wrong decision? Think about that. 
if you decide something and you have that choice, or again, you feel like there was a choice given to you and you can take it or leave it or take it or move on or take it or do other things, what if there's no wrong choice? What if no matter what you choose in that moment is going to lead you down a path that's going to grow you no matter what? And you're going to learn and there's going to be change there and there's going to be something different that's going to expand you. What if we thought about every decision that way? Wouldn't that change the way we think about when we're faced with the decisions in life? I would also hope that it would be help us have more courage to just take those leaps forward rather than staying in our comfort zone. Because we know in our comfort zone we're not going to grow and we're not going to get better or different or change in good ways. So what if every... What if there was never a wrong decision? So that's tip one. So second tip, when faced with a sudden, especially an unexpected or unplanned decision to be made, you have to separate the emotion and change reaction from the facts. And again, what I mean by that is it's okay to emotionally feel a lot of things. It's human nature in the change cycle to immediately have a reaction like, no, I'm not doing that. No, don't like that. No, not a good idea. And I have all these negative feelings about it because why? Because it was something you weren't planning for. You didn't expect. It wasn't in your plan, wasn't in your thoughts. And it came out of nowhere. So of course, you're going to have all those very, very normal human reactions. But when actually making that decision, take a beat, take a pause, take a step back, Allow yourself to go and do whatever it is you need to do. Go sit, go read, pray, go meditate. Like have those down moments of, okay, I'm separating the emotional reaction that I'm having. Cry, like get it out in those healthy kind of ways. Talk to wise counselors, sage people in your life to process through this. If you're an outward processor like I am, um, But then separate that from really the facts of the situation and the decision to be made. And also, slow it way, way down. Most of those types of decisions that you're faced with in life are not snap. You don't have to make snap judgments on. So even take a look at that and take a pause of that and go, okay, what do I need to decide right here, right now, this moment, in the next five minutes? And live five minutes at a time. Live 10 minutes at a time. And don't start to think about, oh my gosh, a year from now. That's too much. That's too big. We don't know what's going to happen a year from now. I don't care what somebody tells you that's in their plan. There's a lot that can happen between now and a year from now that could change a lot of different things and make different decisions change yet again. But what in this moment do you have to decide on? Oh, nothing? I only have to decide on how... I'm reacting, feeling, and taking care of myself to help myself through this unexpected change. Oh, that feels easier, doesn't it? That helps you exhale a little bit. Take some deep cleansing breaths and exhale a bit. So when you separate those two, and then it leads us into our third sip, which is what is in versus out of your control. It's, again, guys, human nature. We all want to control everybody. Um, I know that I... I'm an idealist when it comes to leadership. I recognize this, especially this week when I was encountered with several examples of really, really poor leadership. And I really have this 
innate desire to just want to like grab people and shake them and go, what is wrong with you? Why are you being so horrible to your team? Or what is wrong with you? Why can't you see that that is not a cool thing to do to a partner or to another member of your broader department or team? Like I have this idealism of, I don't know why people think leadership is so difficult. It's not if you have the right motives. If your motives are to serve other people and to help others and develop others and want the best for others and the broader team, it's really not that hard. The hard part comes in being intentional with your leadership, right? So what is in my control versus out of my control? In my control is absolutely how I react to things. In my control is absolutely what comes out of my mouth. And is it going to serve me or serve others? Or is it going, is it going to help or is it going to harm? And that is so important. And that's hard because when your emotions are high and they're, they're not, they're not in check and they're not feeling it and you're not checking them to say, hold on, I need to go over here and have my emotions in a way, then you're, you're allowing yourself to be out of control. So manage that and focus on that and how you're going to react and how you're going to be and who you're going to be. And as much as we would love to manage other people's reactions and to, I mean, I think I know I do this, assume the, I'm assuming they're going to do the right thing and then they don't and it just like violates my trust and expectations. I mean, I got to take some deep breaths and take a step back and go, oh my gosh, remind myself in my own stinking podcast of what I say is what they do and how they react and what they say. Anybody that's not me, I have no control over. I have no control over that. I have no control over the fact that a business or organization changed my role or changed where I might go or change anything that has to do with my job. I don't have control over their decision, but I do have control over how I'm going to allow that decision to impact me in my life. That's where your control is. I think sometimes we just throw our hands up in the air and go, I don't have a choice. But you always have a choice. Always have a choice. You all, There's always another way. There's always a different path. And again, what if that path is never the wrong path? It's just going to lead you somewhere unexpected. And unexpected paths often lead to growth. And growth can only happen when you see decisions as possibilities. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.